0: Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you.
1: Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of His hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio.
0: It's gonna
2: Well, good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen on this 21st of December. If you're a regular listener to Mornings with Carmen, this next statement will come as no surprise to you. I am pro life from conception to natural death. I am pro life from conception to natural death. Um, I have thought, uh, I have studied, I have prayed my way to that statement, to that position. I have sought to develop the mind of Christ on this particular matter. And yes, that means I am contrary to the ending of a person's life at the hand of another. Um, I am pro-life from conception to natural death. Yes, that means I am at odds with a lot of people uh, in the culture today. I am also fully aware that I live in a world um, where war persists. Where abortion is normalized, where the termination of life by medically assisted suicide is becoming more and more the norm in more and more places. But I live as an ambassador of a king and a kingdom um, that operates by different values. I worship the Christ who is life and came to give life and give it abundantly. I do not follow the one who seeks to kill and steal and destroy life. So consider this for just a moment. Anywhere in the Gospels, anywhere, anywhere, do you see evidence that Jesus took a life? Or ever suggested to someone that they would be better off dead? No. No, quite the contrary. Jesus healed and recovered and restored and set free from every kind of bondage, all kinds of circumstances. Jesus literally raised people from the dead. He didn't end their lives. He considered no one hopeless or so miserable that their life was no longer worth living. Lepers, those possessed by demons, the lame, the lost, the lonely, the forsaken, the widow, the blind, the broken. Jesus invited them all to come to him, to come into community with his followers. Jesus forgave and restored. We all know someone who needs a dose of hope this Christmas. And by partnering with us through our Give Hope for Christmas effort, you have offered us opportunity here at Faith Radio to give some folks a little hope. And so Helen is a regular Mornings with Carmen listener, and I had the privilege of talking with her earlier this week. Here's my conversation with Helen as we give hope for
0: Christmas. Hello? Hi, Helen. This is Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. Hey Carmen, how are you? Hi. Well, You've been I on am well.
1: Last week.
0: <laughs> I have been on vacation, but I'm back now and I am I have the privilege of making some phone calls. You nominated someone, your granddaughter, for our Give Hope for Christmas yeah. program and we're calling to tell you that she's been selected. Oh, Carmen, that's going to mean so much. We want to invite you to to share a little bit Helen but I'm going to encourage you you know not to not to share her name or maybe any particular details yeah. um because we want to protect her but she's obviously very dear to you and she has made a, a very important life affirming decision and we want to come alongside her and affirm that oh,
1: she has you know I I've raised her since she was 2 years old so she's more like a daughter This is going to mean so much for her because, you know, right now, you know, so, so many people aren't in her corner Mm -hmm. and thinking she made the wrong choice and she knows that I'm there. I'm not happy about the circumstances, but I'm there. Yeah. I love her. I love that. And, you know, whatever decision she makes, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm the one she wants with, with her when she delivers the baby mm-hmm. because she says, Grandma, you'll know what to tell those nurses. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's been through so much. Um, losing her mother to drug addiction, her own drug addiction, all the things she's been through for six-plus years. And then this baby has turned her life 180 degrees. She... Um, Quit using. She's not using. She's not even baby. She is so careful about what she eats, what she puts in her body, and I've never seen her that way before.
0: Mm. It's amazing yes. what uh, how how a baby can change a life, isn't it? I mean, you yes. you know it from your own experience, and she's yep. obviously learned that from you.
1: Yep. And then yesterday, I couldn't take her to church, and. She actually got a Uber an Uber so that she could go to church yesterday.
3: Mm,
1: I love that. I yeah, love that. it's just she's grasping and she's searching and not realizing it's all right there. But just the decision she's making is telling me that God is slowly but surely softening her heart again.
0: Mm. My guess is you've been praying for that for a long time. <sighs>
1: Long time, Carmen. Long, long time. Probably since she was two, when we had cus- took custody of her, that life would turn out for her, and that Jesus would be a blessing. You know, she'd be a blessing to herself and to others and to Jesus, and and it's starting to slowly but surely happen.
0: Well, Helen, you are absolutely precious, and we're so grateful for you and the the obviously positive faithful just sacrificial influence you are in her life. And so thank you so much for nominating her and giving us the privilege to give a little hope this Christmas. Um, Well, Helen, you are precious and I am right there with you. Like, I just adore you and I appreciate you. So thank you so much for being an encouragement to me as well. Um, And have a Merry Christmas.
1: Oh, you too. Thank you so very much. And she will this is just going to brighten her whole day today.
2: <laughs> hey, if you're in need of a little hope, you could text the word hope to 877-933-2484. And it occurs to me that um, this family, Helen and her, her granddaughter and now her coming great grandchild, um, may need some additional resources. So if you've got additional resources to recommend um, in the Twin Cities ministries that you know of that come alongside women after they've, you know, said yes to having their baby, maybe you could let me know um, either on the text line 877-933-2484 or via an email com. I'd, I'd love to pass additional resources along um, to Helen and to her granddaughter. We all know it takes a lot to raise a child. We want to affirm this young woman's decision to deliver this gift of God into the world and support her as um, as God has made us able. So if you know, you know, some pro life uh, resources in the community that, um, you know, that, that help, that come alongside, that encourage women like this young woman, um, let me know. 877 933 2484 or via an email, carmen at com. Now, do you ever wonder how to draw even closer to God? Do you thirst? for a deeper journey with the Lord. Barbara Peacock is going to join us next. The book is Spiritual Practices for Soul Care. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Barbara Peacock is joining us now. She is bringing us this beautiful 40-day book, Spiritual Practices for Soul Care, 40 Ways to Deepen Soul your faith. Barbara, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. How are you doing? Well, I'm a little froggy, but I'm so much better than I was two <laughs> days ago or yesterday that I must uh, I must say I'm doing quite well.
4: <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're better.
2: Yes. Yeah, indeed. thank you. Um, what is soul care and who needs it? Well, soul care, uh, I like to say that
4: a meaning is within a meaning. Soul care is about taking care of your soul. Um, I think about the scripture that comes from Genesis 2, when the scripture says, God breathed into Adam or Adam, the breath of life, and he became a living soul. He became a living being. He became a living person. So traditionally, we like to say the soul is the mind, will, and emotion. But based upon this scripture in Genesis 2, 7, the soul encompasses all of us is holistic. So soul care is taking care of yourself, taking care of your soul, taking care of your mind, taking care of your will, taking care of your emotions, taking it from a holistic perspective, taking care of all of you. But soul care needs to be distinguished from self-care, knowing that I can have self-care without soul care, but I can't have soul care without self-care. Okay. You better
2: say that again. (laughs) <laughs> all of it are the last part no no that last sentence yes we can that have I, I,
4: mm. I can have self care I can take care of myself uh, uh, my bodily appearance my uh, get a massage or uh, go shopping or take care of my nails and my hair or exercise good so I can take care of myself without taking care of my soul
1: mm.
4: that holistic approach but I can't take care of my soul without taking care of myself because the soul is all of me. But if I'm going to take care of all of me, it includes my self care.
2: So this is a very, very practical invitation. Um, I, I, I mean, this is very close to the beginning of the book. And you say your day-to-day soul care is an important gift from God. Soul mm-hmm. care requires inviting and welcoming God into every facet of your daily life. Today's a great day to invite God into a transparent relationship with you. Pause Mm -hmm. right now and welcome him to abide and dwell within your soul. Mm -hmm. Um, Soul care is as simple as pausing and saying, breathe on me afresh, like fill me like you filled Adam, like just... Breathe into me the breath of life. I think so many of us feel exhausted and depleted this time of year. We can't imagine adding one more thing like soul care to our agenda. But yeah. you're not talking about um, burdening us. You're talking about offering us a gift. That soul care is a gift from God.
4: Yes, and uh, it's. I would like to say it's the first gift <laughs> because that's one of the first things that God gave humanity was Himself. His, his spirit, his breath. And with all of our to-do lists, it becomes easy to become distracted by what I need to accomplish today. So that's why I have today after every discipline, every practice in soul care, 40 ways, 40 ways, not necessarily 40 days, 40 ways to discipline your faith. So somewhere in this book, Everyone should find a discipline that they can embrace. Everyone should find the discipline that they're already already practicing. So, yes, amidst the busyness of the season, the most important of our day is the attentiveness to our soul, the attentiveness to our spirit, because we're better equipped to launch out into the day. We're better equipped to serve ourselves and others When we begin with that strong foundation that is centered in Christ, centered in his love. And you see, Carmen, I have loving all of the disciplines in an ING, meaning that they're active. So loving Uh, It's the first discipline and ING stands for in need of God. I am in need of God to accomplish, to live out, to practice, to embrace the discipline of love. Love is the first discipline. And so it's a beautiful experience to wake up every day. If you don't practice any other discipline during this season, practice the discipline of love, understanding how God loves you, embracing his love. For years, Carmen, I would wake up and just praise the Lord and and magnify him and glorify him and worship him. And one morning, God just kind of stopped me in my tracks. And he said, Barbara, you spend a lot of time telling me how much you love me. How Mm. much time do you spend receiving my love to you? How much time do you spend allowing me to tell you how much I love you? So it's out of God's love, who's the very essence of love, that I'm able to love him back with the love that he gives me. It is out of God's love that overflowing, like David says, my cup runs over, that I'm able to love others and to love myself. So yes, pause. Just take a breath. Just take a moment. So many times we make uh, time being with God a tedious task. But spending time with God should be one of the most joyful, exciting, exhilarating moments of your day. And I encourage you to make it a priority. And I promise you, the rest of your day will go much better.
2: We have a gift for you today. If you're listening, we've got copies to give away of Barbara's book, Spiritual Practices for Soul Care, 40 Ways to Deepen Your Faith. Text the word BOOK to 877 933 Two four eight four. You're listening to Carmen uh, to Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio, and we'll be right back for more conversation with Barbara Peacock.
0: You've heard it said that it only takes a spark to get a fire going. You've also heard it sung, "Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me." Well, what about hope? What about hope? What does it take to get hope sparked? And what does it take to get hope moving uh, around the world? I got a hope hat. I got a hope shirt. I got a hope bumper sticker. I know a ministry of hope. I know people who need hope. But how do we actually give hope beyond bumper stickers and theme songs and ball caps? How do we help other people discover the hope that is real, substantial, and enduring? My guess is one reason you listen to this podcast is, well, it delivers hope. So as you're thinking about giving gifts this Christmas, Have you considered giving others the gift of hope? You can give hope this season by supporting Faith Radio's Give Hope for Christmas campaign by sharing your story of hope at MyFaithRadio.com because hope begets hope. Pass it on.
2: We're talking with Barbara Peacock about her new book, Spiritual Practices for Soul Care, 40 Ways to Deepen Your Faith. We do have copies to give away today. You can text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484. Um, Barbara, there are so many um, wonderful ways, practical disciplines in this list of 40 um, such a wide variety of approaches to soul care loving today worshiping today praying today lamenting today celebrating today experiencing God today that's just the um, the six in the in the very first section of the book um, maybe maybe unpack one more for us you talked a little bit about loving today is there another one of these very very practical, Um, We'll call them spiritual disciplines uh, in the book that you think, you know what, that's the one I want to offer up today um, to to these particular folks.
4: Yes, uh, it's it's hard to choose one, Carmen, but I'll do my (laughs) best. Actually, I'll kind of hit one and focus on another because I think the first one I want to mention is very uh, easy to identify on your own. And then I'll explain one that may be a little bit more challenging for others to understand exactly what it means. Uh, The first one I would like to encourage people to do is the discipline of slowing. Mm. To just slow down a little bit. To take the time to notice, to be fully present, to let go of an agenda, to monotask and not multitask. That's slowing in a simple, in a few simple sentences. But the one I would like to Uh, focus on is the discipline of detaching and attaching because that's what this world has been about from the beginning. Uh, When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they attached to an unhealthy relationship with Satan. But prior to that, they just had a relationship with God and themselves and nature. And so often in this world that we live in, we're inundated with activities and we're uh, busy and we have just stuff and we're trying constantly trying to declutter or juggling our schedules to try to make everything fit. So with the discipline of detaching is having an intentionality to come away from things that may be unhealthy or what we may call the chaff, that part that is going to waste away and to become more intentional about spending time and being with God. Um, The word tells us that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God shall stand forever. So with that, I could ask myself, what are some of the things that I can do? What are some of the things I can detach from? Maybe it's from technology to become more cognizant, to spend more time in the word of God, being that that's what's going to be eternal. So the discipline of detachment and attachment is all about developing and growing a more intimate relationship with God. But in order to do that, there are some things in our life that we need to detach from.
2: You spend a lot of time um, in something called spiritual direction. For those listening who are not familiar with that, what does that mean And how do we find a spiritual director? Uh,
4: Yes, a spiritual director, uh, I like to simplify it and call it loving listening. A spiritual Mm. director is someone that spends time in loving listening. That means being fully present with a loving loving presence of the spirit, sitting with them to help them better discern the voice and activity of God in their life. Spiritual direction is not trying to coach or mentor or do therapy, but is trying to help a person hear from God. What is God saying to them? Uh, in my book, my other book prior to the one, uh, Spiritual Practices for Soul Care, I used the term, terminology of soul care and, uh, and uh, spiritual direction synonymously, because if I'm attending, attending to one's soul, I am practicing spiritual direction. So spiritual mm-hmm. direction is a discipline that can be one-on-one, but it can also be a discipline that's done with groups. And one of the key ingredients of spiritual direction is asking the right question. So it's asking the directee a question that can draw out of them uh, Proverbs 20 and 5 says, counsel in the heart of a person is like deep water, but a person of understanding will draw it out. So that's my uh, simplified definition of spiritual direction.
2: Yeah, it's so good. I Part two of, of this book, Spiritual Practices for Soul Care, is going to share with you um, soul care directing. And a lot of spiritual direction insight is offered um in in this portion of the book um, there is a there is there's an opportunity to learn about directing today, readying today, entering today, listening today, discerning today, maturing today, and examining today and that examining is all about um not only learning to ask really good questions um but sit with the question long enough that we come up with the faithful uh the faithful answer. Can you review for yes. us just one more time? I love this ING, like in <laughs> need of God. I love that and I love that each and every one of these um of these spiritual disciplines, these 40 ways to deepen your faith. Um each one of them, you know, ends with the word today. Can you talk about just why why you're using that? Like reinforce that for us.
4: Yes, um there's a song that I love by The Winans and it says uh, tomorrow, forget about tomorrow, do it today. And so often we put off for tomorrow what we need to do today. It's not uh, trying to encourage you. It's not trying to, today it's not saying to the reader, do all of these today, but do something today. And when is the best time to do it? The best time to do it, the best time to practice uh, spiritual disciplines is today. So do it today. In in I-N-G, knowing that you need God and I need God, we need the Holy Spirit to nudge us, to equip us, to empower us, to direct us, and to teach us how to practice disciplines today. It's more like now. Do it now. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Do it today. Practice being with God today. Practice, practice being loved by God today. Practice detaching today. Practice slowing today. Practice listening and examining today. Do it today. And then there may be favorites that you have as you read this book, but encourage, be encouraged to practice something, to do something, to embrace a discipline. And many times people hit a prayer wall. And when people hit a prayer wall, they'd be wondering like, what am I gonna do? So there are so many ways to embrace the discipline of prayer. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Yes, it's speaking, but it's also listening. You can prayer walk. You can prayer journal. You can have a prayer partner. You can listen in prayer. There's so many disciplines. You can ready yourself in prayer. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, when you pray, enter the closet. So in your prayer time, you could just focus on entering into God's presence prior to The discipline of articulating our father, which art in heaven, when you pray enter. So we enter graciously. We enter in a rhythm of intentionality of being and sitting with the Lord. We enter into the closet before we actually articulate what's on our heart.
2: I just love you. Um, At some point, you and I are going to have to sit down over a cup of coffee and talk about our experiences at Princeton Seminary. I'm an MDiv 93 grad. Wow. How about about you? 96. 96. So we missed each other. But we're going to have to sit down over a cup of coffee and talk about that experience at some point in time. Um, I just love you already. Thank you so much for joining us today. deeply appreciate um, your work, your ministry, this book. Barbara Peacock, Spiritual Practices for Soul Care. We do have copies to give away today. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. Thank you so much, Barbara, um, and Merry Christmas. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you for having me. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You may be saying to yourself, um, when it comes to exposure to, I don't know, pornography, um, not my kid. Not my kid. I mean, I'm doing everything to protect my kid. Not my kid. You know, we've got all kinds of uh, barriers and barricades set up on all of our electronics. Not my kid, right? Wrong. Your kid is being exposed to pornography. It's, it's, it's ubiquitous in the culture today. Um, and if you need a, a recent example of that, um, some Eden Prairie elementary students were exposed to a pornographic image and a verbal threat after two unknown individuals um, found their way into a school Zoom call that was being broadcast in every Oak Point Elementary classroom. The the students were watching a blue-ribbon flag-raising ceremony when these bad actors shared a pornographic image in the chat School officials say the two people also used an automated voice to say concerning things, including a threat of violence at school. Um, The school district says our our teachers had the Zoom playing in their classrooms so students could see the flag raised. And though some teachers had their volume off, some of the students um, most certainly heard what was said. As soon as we became aware of this content, we ended the call immediately. Of course, the damage by then is done. You cannot unsee and you cannot unhear. They then say, we know hearing a message like this can be scary for children. You may wish to have a conversation with your child if they were concerned by what they heard or saw. Moving forward, we will take extra steps to ensure that virtual events do not allow external actors to enter. But again, the damage is done. Our kids are exposed to pornography. They just are. There's bad actors out there seeking um, seeking to be predators um, upon our kids. So how are we going to get equipped for those conversations that the school district is recommending that we have? You know, we know hearing messages like this can be scary for kids and you might wish to have a conversation with them. Well, what kind of conversation should we have and who's going to equip us for those conversations over the holidays? April Redliner joins us next to offer Resources to do just that. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. April Redliner is the executive director of Cana Vox. Think about um, Cana, where Jesus performs the miracle at the wedding. And Vox as voice. So, giving a voice to marriage in the culture today. April, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen.
3: Hi, Carmen. Thanks so much for having me again.
2: So, we need you today. We need you desperately. Um, We're going to need to have conversations with our kids, maybe our grandkids, our nieces, our nephews over the holidays about things they've been exposed to on social media or through their friends or as we just um you know are reading in the news these elementary school kids in Eden Prairie exposed to a pornographic image in their classroom um because you know someone hijacked a Zoom call so talk with us about resources that are available to parents to families um to equip them for these difficult conversations
3: yeah thank you so um i had seen that article and unfortunately things like this are all too common right they're happening often we see on these zoom calls that um you know schools are having with students and you know zoom has become a um you know a necessary part of our lives right in order to connect with people and do things and it has it's great um but when these things happen i think you know some parents want to immediately say like let's just never do these again and let's shut it down um, because things like this happen but unfortunately um you know, that's not the only way kids are going to see porn. We know that they see, they can see it on their own in very innocent ways, right? By just innocent internet searches. So, what we need to do instead of trying to shut our kids out from all these things is really equip them and prepare them um, and to avoid these things when they come in front of them, um, but also just to stay away from them, right? Um, and, you know, to start with, um, and what we have at our, on our website and our resources and our reading groups, um, pornography is one of the issues we tackle, right? Because it's so prevalent and it's such a tough thing. And, uh, because it's so sticky when people see it, um, we have a couple, we have a session dedicated to it. And within that session, uh, we have material specifically for parents, um, on how to address this. One, if first, if your kid has seen porn and you want to, um, you know, talk to them about it, but also, too, if they haven't seen it, how to start that conversation with them to explain to them and get to them first and tell them what it's about in order to sort of inoculate them um, to, you know, before they see anything, how to handle it if they do, right? Um, But first, you know, we say what you need to do, you need to take this as an opportunity to teach your child some critical basis, right? As the parent, um, you're in the perfect position to give your child light and peace on this really dark and ugly matter Um, and you can use this as an opportunity even though it seems like a bad thing to talk to them about the beauty of sex right Mm -hmm. Um, and in a follow-up conversation I would say to any parent whose child has seen pornography um, is first you want to you want to lay the foundations of what healthy sex and relationships are right Um, you can, you can offer things like sex is a gift to unite husband and wife, right? Whole body and soul. Um, and then you talk about men's and women's bodies that are, are different for a purpose. Um, and then what you need to do is name porn. You need to name it and define it. You need to talk about it, not being real love, um, that it's a mockery of love and sex because it's about getting something and controlling a person. Um, and then you need to really, explain why it's a cheap imitation of marital love, right? Um, Porn porn takes too little. It only wants few body parts, right? It wants little bits of body parts to see, and it wants to not have that accepting and loving of a whole person, right? And then lastly, you want to give two action points to any kids who have seen pornography. You want to tell your child Um, One, that you're going to help them. You're going to install some type of filter on any devices or anything they've ever seen. Or you're going to, you know, if it's a Zoom call, you're going to talk about what the school is doing to make sure that never happens again. Uh, But you want to tell them you're with them and helping them so that they never stumble upon porn again um, to help get the situation under control. And then you want to give them um, a heads up really that, and I mentioned this earlier, that porn's images can be sticky and that the images will probably resurface in the child's mind again when they least expect it um and that you should have an action plan that's ready to replace that image with something awesome like a good thought right like this great scene from a a movie or a you know um you know a beautiful scene out in nature things like things like that um to help them manage their thoughts when they when these types of images resurface yeah that
2: that very specific practical um method and idea is really important so if your child has been exposed to pornography and there's a particular image that is holding their mind captive, I mean, it is as it it is as it's been described, the new narcotic. It sets a hook in a child's mind. You cannot unsee it. So what are you going to do when that image comes into your mind? You are going to take that image captive to Christ. Like we need to equip and empower our kids to recognize that Jesus is more powerful than that image. They need to let Jesus take hold of that thought, and then we need to give them an image to replace it with they They need an image uh, a visual that they love that's awesome to them to replace yeah. that with so maybe it's the 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 best thing um in this past year that um you know that they're excited about, and maybe it's some place you visited, maybe it was just a highlight um of the year somewhere that they can return to. That's a place of joy. Um, and replace that image. So, yeah, you, know, you know, if this was the very first time your kid, you know, got to go to the beach, that might be the image you want to replace it with. Or, you know, maybe this was the first time they, I don't know. I, I don't know what the image is going to be for your kid, but you probably do. But this is really important and practical wisdom. Um, they have to have something to replace it with. We can't just tell them not to think about it. That doesn't, that doesn't work. So we no, have it to. Does. We to teach them how to let Jesus take hold of thoughts, take the thoughts captive. That's biblical wisdom, and then we have to give them the tool of replacing the pornographic image with an image that is um, appropriate and joyful, and um, and is is a good one for them to have in their mind.
3: Yeah, and it's hard for parents, especially if you haven't had ki- like talks with your kids about sex and sexuality before, you know, a lot of parents find it very difficult to talk about these things and I get it. Right. Um, but if you haven't, it's, it's hard to go from not having conversations to all of a sudden, like I have to have a conversation about porn and I haven't laid the foundation, but don't, if you haven't had that conversation, those conversations, don't let it, um, stop you from doing this. Cause this is so important. This is just so important. Like you said, porn is the new narcotic and it really can set people up for a, a lifelong, um, a really, uh, a really tough life ahead if they, they are become addicted to it. Um, but on our website, right, the things that I just talked about, we have um, in our session on pornography, there's a little section that says for parents. And there's um, a, a video that we have that explains really basically the steps that I walk through. Um, but then also there's another video on there um, if kids do for if kids do see porn um, and how to handle it. And it's a it's a short video. It's about five minutes long and it's really helpful. It's good for parents to watch it first and then they can probably show it with their kids and talk to their kids about it. If they need a little bit of help, you know, to be able to do it and start the conversation. Um, and then there's a really great, thoughtful article by a mom whose son came across hardcore porn. And um, and she was like, I, I think the takeaway from that article is really the one that we should all think about is that um, it can happen. To anyone, anywhere, anytime, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It
3: just happens. It's out there. Even innocently, it happens. And this mom was, um, you know, using. Well, she was very vigilant. She knew about filters. She had all kinds of stuff on her and her, you know, kids' phones. And her son still came across it. Um, and so I think that's what we in instead of. I mean, we want to prevent it as much as we can, but also know that no matter what you do, somehow it may see in there. And so the biggest part is being able to talk to your kids about it, and help them with these steps that we outlined.
2: So the website is Kana, cana c a n a vox v o x canavox.com you're going to be looking for lessons 16 and 18 lesson 16 is sex ed in the family uh session 18 is pornography and i'm ha- i'm happy to send you those direct links if you want to text me 87793324 Maybe you've got a particular question you'd like to ask April. Um, If so, you could text me that as well. We're going to continue our conversation with April Redliner next from Canavox.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com.
2: April Redlinger is here with us um, this morning from Cane of Ox. You can find the resources at CaneofOx.com. I'm also happy to Send you the direct links um, that we've been talking about today, sex ed and the family, and, um, and how to have difficult conversations about pornography, uh, faithful conversations with your kids. So you can text me for those links, 877-933-2484. April, um, folks are wondering, what if we don't have a particularly well-developed understanding of God's design for marriage, God's design for sexuality? How can adults be, um, how, how can adult Christians learn now what we didn't learn when we were kids?
3: Yeah, and I, I think that is um, a common problem, right? A lot of people, um, especially like in my age group, you would say like, we didn't have great conversations with our parents um, about sex when we were kids. And so we don't know, you know, um, all of this stuff. So how do we talk to our own kids if we didn't have great talks, right? Maybe I was just given a book to read or I don't know. Um But, you know, um, how do I do that? And, you know, one thing I would say is, well, join a Cane Bucks reading group and get together with your friends and go through our materials and, um, you know, hash it out with each other. You read, you learn it together and you discuss together. Um, And I think that will give you a good foundation. We also have a really um, wonderful book that we created um, and we have it on our website as well, but you can also buy a copy um, either from us on our website or through Amazon. It's um, tips for talking to your kids about sex. And it really lays out, um, it's just a short little guide. It's about 50 or 60 pages. It's small, um, but it really lays out how to have these foundational conversations with your kids about, um, you know, our, our, Design and sexuality, um, and we lay out foundational principles. Um, you know, for for talking to all kids of all ages, but we also um, break it down in our booklet um, by age range. So, you know, we talk about different things that you would want to talk about kids. You know, between ages two and four, four to six, six and eight, and so on. Um, and and one of the things that we say is, you know, we get pushback from some people who say, "Well, why are you talking to kids two to four about?" sexuality. Um, Well, we first of all, we do everything in an age appropriate way. But the one thing that we we say is, um, you know, a lot of times with kids, it's, we like, it's really, um, you know, you want to make sure you have the conversations early, right, to get to your kids first and establish yourself as an expert. And this little cane of ox saying we have is a better one year too early than five minutes too late. And that kind of comes back to that, you know, idea with pornography. If you haven't had these foundational conversations with your kids before they see something this, before something happens, it makes it that much more difficult um, to to deal with the situation. But if you've worked um, ahead of time and prepared yourself and prepared them, then it makes these conversations much more natural and a little bit easier to have.
2: Christmas seems like a good time to have a conversation about how babies are made. Um, where babies yeah. come from, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. What, uh, exactly. How how in the world this baby was delivered? Um, you know, us all kinds of opportunities at Christmas to to have important conversations, um, age appropriate as always. I do think that for adults who who don't have right thinking, who don't have righteous thinking about human identity, sexuality marriage, the place of sex in marriage, um, being in one of these conversational groups would be really helpful. So people, for people who missed our prior conversation, talk about what Canavox is and how someone might find or host a group.
3: Yeah, sure. So Kano Box um, is a, uh, a marriage movement where we um, use organized study groups to reinforce the timeless truths about marriage and sexual integrity um, to also promote strong families and then to help rebuild a flourishing society. So we've got a lot of work to do. Um, but in the reading groups, we um, basically give our participants uh, materials where they get together um, with a bunch of other friends, like minded friends who um, they get together, they learn to discuss the challenging topics of our times. Um, and it's um, really it gives them an opportunity to be able to um, learn about all of these issues but then talk about it with their friends. Um, And it is an interfaith movement, right? So we have people of all different faiths involved in our groups uh, but what we're focusing on is the truth about human sexuality Um, and we want to help them um, really have a a vocabulary to help them articulate the truth about human sexuality. with others. So also understand themselves, but also to be able to articulate when they're speaking with others Um, and groups, you can join, you can go onto our website and um, you can get certified to lead your own group. People who lead groups, aren't the teachers. They're just moderators of conversation. So even if you say like, I don't know anything about this. um, I can't teach people. That's not what our reading group leaders do. They basically get the people together and then they um, help them moderate the conversation. So you're all talking and learning and discussing and doing it together. Um, so it's a really fun opportunity to, to learn about all these things if you felt like you haven't had a good background before. I appreciate
2: um, the What We Cheer For downloadable resource that's covered in the first, um, the first time we would get together with our CanaVox um, group. Because I think that so often we talk about what we're against in the culture. And so yeah. I really, really appreciate yeah. that you guys are articulating what we're for. Um, and establishing that, rooting that in Scripture. Marriage is a comprehensive, permanent, and exclusive union between one man and one woman. Every child has a right to a mother and a father, um, and no one has a right to a child. That's unpacked further. Family kinship bonds between children, parents, grandparents, and extended family um, should be protected and preserved Every person has a profound need to be appreciated, known, and loved in the context of authentic friendship. That um, you know that just recognizes that not everyone is going to get married and not everyone is married right. now. Every right. person That's- possesses a unique dignity and is worthy of respect regardless of sex, age, ethnicity, sexual feelings, race, educational level, religious, or political ideas. I mean, it's just really comprehensive and good. Let's see. Parents have a right and a responsibility to direct the education of their children. Every person has a right to freedom of conscience, thought, and religion, which includes the freedom to manifest one's religion or beliefs in a public or private way, so long as those beliefs and practices do not harm others. It's just so good, and I, I appreciate um, you know, that you articulate what you're for, that you're trying to give marriage a positive voice, um, give sexuality a biblical voice in the culture today. Um, it's so, so wonderful. Uh, Kathy on the text line is asking, is Cana Vox a Bible-based ministry from a Christian perspective? The, uh, the short answer to that is yes, absolutely. So April, um, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we appreciate our time with you and we appreciate what you're doing at Cana Vox. I want to direct people to resources at Cana Vox, dot com. You are listening. Thank you so listening. much, Carmen. Yeah, absolutely. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, one quick, super quick uh, news hit before we part company today. There's a new bill in New York um, in the legislature there um, that will require some Chick-fil-A's to be open on Sunday. We will definitely pick that news item up, um, but just be praying for the resolution of that in a, in a positive way. May the Lord our God give endurance and encouragement to you the same attitude and mind toward each other that Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him today, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Those are selected verses from Romans 15. Have a great day, and God bless.